HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. My name is Brandon Boy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. You are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border, coast to coast, and all the ships at sea. Streaming live from the County of Kings, Brooklyn, New York City, on the Heritage Radio Network. Are you ready for the fastest half hour on the internet today? It's the Mike and Judy Show. Spanning the globe for high-minded hijinks and low-brow kicks to bring you the best in sex, drugs, rock and roll, and nuclear fission. They're too bad for radio and too good-looking for television. And now, here they are, the Nichols and May of the now generation, your hosts, Mike Edison and Judy McGuire. Welcome to the third Mike Free episode of the mike and judy show so it's the judy and janet show today welcome janet ginsburg that's you're right. lo- thank you you're looking lovely today well thank you judy you as well thank you um <laughs> Jan- janet is a friend of mine she's a writer she's hilarious which means <laughs> perform little monkey perform <laughs> i know what it means all right, all right. <laughs> um and we're welcoming the ladies of bust magazine today as they celebrate their 20th anniversary <laughs> Woo! Congratulations. So when you were starting this magazine, Laurie and Debbie, you guys started it. Laurie Hensel and Debbie Stoller. We've got Emily Rems in here, the managing editor for the past 12 years. Um, did you ever think you'd see 20, your 20-year 20 anniversary? No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. We, I uh, yeah, I think it was just, when we first started it, it was kind of like, uh, you know, an, a hobby, sort of a fun idea. And we, once we started to have a little bit of success, we wanted to grow and take over the world. But I really, I never f- thought that far in the future, you know, and never really thought that it was going to do anything. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I don't think I really looked far in the future either. We had pretty big ideas, you know, big dreams for this thing, even when it was a little piece of nothing. And I know it was for, never a little piece of nothing. Yeah, at the beginning, it was a little piece of nothing. I mean, it was a fun and silly nothing, but it was still <laughs> just a little Xerox and stapled thing. Um, and, you know, 
that back then we were just like, oh my God, if this could just be our job, if we could just give up our day jobs and this could just be our full-time job. And that's only as far as I could see back then. And when it did become our full-time job, I didn't think of getting to 20, but I also didn't think of not getting to 20. Yeah. Well, was there one um, one early event that, that you can remember where you guys were like, oh, we have to do this? Or was it just like kind of kicked it around and it seemed like a good idea? Um, I, I always wanted to keep going because I am a Leo that's very bossy. Yes. I don't like to be told what to do. You so. don't seem bossy at all. But uh, no, and so because Debbie and I are our own bosses, I think that's, you know, it's nice to, it's hard, but it's also nice. And the thought of, I can't imagine myself working anywhere else at this point. Like or working I, for anyone for, else. Yeah, that's what I mean, like working for a, another company, which is... We've been doing it for so long. I can't. It would be weird. It'd be really weird. I mean, so many, so many magazines have gone out of business in the last, you know, yeah. ten years. I mean, what yeah. do you guys think is the is the sort of the secret to your success? Uh, if they told you, know. you. yeah, exactly. <laughs> We'd have to kill you, <laughs> and everyone would be doing it. Um, unfortunately, one of the secrets is that we're super stubborn. And um, and 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 very cheap. Uh, we don't aren't able to pay anybody what they're worth, um, which is really unfortunate. Um, the fortunate thing so far is that uh, people enjoy working on this project enough that some people are willing to, you know, like poor Emily here has been willing, <laughs> and ourselves been willing to make the sacrifice to to stick with it. And the trade off being, you're not you're getting to put together something that's pretty cool. But I mean, you guys, the difference between you guys and a lot of publications is like when someone writes for you, they know you don't have much money and it's okay to write for you for a little bit of money when like someone, some big corporate entity is trying to lowball you. It's frustrating. Right. Because I mean, then, then they have the money and they just don't want to pay you because it's, they're cheap. (laughs) Well, but I mean, so, so big corporate entities though, they spend tons of money making their magazines, tons and as a result, if the magazine isn't bringing in tons of money or more so that there's a profit, they're going to shut it down. Um, we definitely have uh, plenty of struggles, especially recently, but we're not spending tons of money. So we have a little bit of more room to you know, to play with. It looks awesome. If it doesn't cost a lot, I mean, that's a good looking. Yeah, it's a great looking, looking magazine. magazine. It's got really great writers. I mean, you have Roseanne yeah. as your advice columnist. <laughs> who, who got that one involved? She, you know, Roseanne got herself involved. Um, weirdly enough, we interviewed Roseanne way, way, way back in, like, issue number eight or something. Um, and then she had a TV show for a little while, and um, we got to go on there when we had our first bus book out, which was a long time ago. Uh, but, yeah, so her agent basically wrote to us and said, like, Roseanne just wrote an article for a newspaper, and she really likes writing. Um, she'd like to keep doing it. Can she write something for you? And then we were like, well, maybe it would be cool to ask her to do an advice column. Yeah, because she's, speaking of bossy, like, she's pretty bossy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, what do you love about working there? I mean, you, you're, you weren't one of the founders, but you've been there for 12 years. I mean, that's forever in the employment market. Right. Yeah, I mean, I definite. Th- my favorite thing is just the feeling that I have a sense of personal integrity with what I do with my time. That's like, what is crazy. What does that feel like? I know. <laughs> We're wondering right now. We really don't know. Because, you know, if you're a creative person and you're looking for a job that will actually, like, utilize your brain and your skills, 
you know, there's a lot of ways to go about that in New York, but um, a lot of them seem kind of soul-sucking and sad when you get involved in it, which yes. is the kind of job that I was doing first when I first moved to New York. And it was that kind of job where I thought it was going to be like a creative a great creative use of my brain and my time and I would spend every lunch hour crying locked in the bathroom reading Bust magazine. Like that is Aww. what I did at my job before Bust. So like once the whole I was able to intern and, and stay on, like it just seems like a dream come true. Um, and I didn't I never wanted to let it go. I feel like I get it's such like it's such a good use of my time and my brain and my talent to make something that I believe actually makes the world better. Like I'm not gonna knock marketing or whatever but I'm, I'm not selling cars with my time or and worse that's what keeps me <laughs> trust me <laughs> I, I there are cannot, worse things to since, sell than cars since I moved here I cannot believe the number of stories I've heard about people crying in the restroom at their jobs <laughs> it's, it's like it's a common phenomenon in New York for people to go into the bathroom burst into tears and go back to work I used to also try to I, I used to try to take naps in the bathroom <laughs> um and i heard that they Where, that they've at engineered at job? no at my other job yeah. not at bus <laughs> at bus i could just lie down um at my other jobs uh when i was a lot younger <clears throat> and maybe had a wild night the night before so i tried to nap at my job and i'm sure that they engineer the bathroom stalls so that the toilet paper roll is just far enough away that you can't lay your head on it <laughs> i really do think that that's engineered that way if it was just a little closer, you could totally just have a little nap. That's probably someone's job, designing a, yeah. designing the stall. The nap-free toilet <laughs> stall. I wanted to ask you guys, um, so this has been around for 20 years. How has what you covered changed, or has, has it changed, or is it still pretty consistent? What, what have you noticed over that time? Um, yeah, I, I, you know, at, our, at its core, we're, ooh, we're still doing the same thing, which is um, sort of uh, pop culture informed by feminism. You know, we want to showcase cool women doing cool things. But when we first started, um, you know, I think the, the, I feel like the main focus was being very sex positive, like telling girls, like, you need to have an orgasm when you're having sex. Like, don't just go fuck a guy and have him come and you, nothing happens to you. Like, that's not... Good or worse, those those girls were just giving blowjobs, right? Like, oh, what's in it for me? So <laughs> yeah. we were telling, and, and we were surprised that so many women had never had orgasms, and we were like, okay, there's this thing called vibrator. And so for many years, it was there was a lot of sex stories, and people loved that, obviously. And then we kind of were after like maybe ten years of that, we were like, oh god, not another sex story, <laughs> like please, so boring. So we still have sex in bus, tons, tons of it, but we kind of hide it in the back. And now, you know, then there was a while where you know we were doing a lot of the crafting stuff, which Debbie can talk about. So you know, it does sort of there. There are sort of themes that work in and out. Um, I would say that's the biggest difference. Although we we do still have sex, we play hide the sausage with it we put it in the back of the magazine <laughs> instead of putting it in the front oh, here it is yes. i'm looking at a copy right now yeah. for everyone in radio land and yes on page 79 there it is crouching tiger hidden sex sausage. files yeah there's um the the feminism thing have you noticed i'm kind of disturbed by how many women are refusing to be called feminists now was this have you noticed this change in the 20 years or you know that has always been the case that women don't want to call oh. themselves feminists however i think that we never would have or we would have hoped to be in a pop culture place where we are now so many things have become better i mean i think you have 
people like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, very popular, very well-known, very comfortable with calling themselves feminist. Um, they have been, I think, somewhat a driving force in pop culture. They present an image of being a woman that a lot of us can identify with. And, and really, there was nothing like that. I mean, Roseanne uh, was out there, you know, really trying to work uh, the feminist angle in her shows. Um, you know, maybe people thought that... But t- to have some young women... Funny women. We're funny, unlike uh-huh. the rest of us humorless women. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there's there's like a, I don't know if you guys have seen Amy Schumer's show, and I don't know if she calls herself feminist. We had her in the magazine. I don't know, but her show on Comedy Central is the kind of thing that we would have proposed twenty years ago as like a joke. Like, wouldn't it be cool if there was a show like this? She's very, um, it's very outspoken about sex, and it's very funny, and it's very much from a girl's perspective, and it's really, I think it's really great. So. I love. I think things have changed in the popular culture. People are always going to be afraid to call themselves feminists because feminism is always going to have a really. There's always a backlash, so people are always going to try to present it as a terrible thing. But Susan Sarandon, of all people, what? No way. Yeah, she just came out saying she was not a feminist. She just came out of the closet as a non-feminist. As a non-feminist. <laughs> After everybody assumed that she was a feminist after years. years. That's rude. After years she of banging younger bust. men, I feel like she. <gasps> She would. She didn't say that to us. Something happened. What's going on with her? She I got hit. Know. Does anybody know she what's going on? Susan, call us. <laughs> well, it is, it is frustrating that people still do that. And and when we we ask, you know, all the time in our interviews, and um, it's always heartbreaking when someone that you really admire, like PJ like Harvey, Harvey, I was like, like Patty Whoa. Smith, that broke my heart oh. in a thousand pieces. I think. I mean, and Patty, I know that I that's get like it. I get that's it with like her. the artsy. Like I'm a humanist. I'm not a feminist. Like, I am for all people. All I, un- I like you know. I think Bjork said that too. It's a very musician kind of answer. I have to say, I I don't. I am a feminist, but I do think of myself as a humanist first because I think for me that's part of the problem. You know, is that if you have to like call it out, but that's it, also the reality of what w- world we live in now is like. Well, you have to be a feminist. You can't just be a humanist because that's not. I don't know, that doesn't seem to make full sense. But, I mean, I understand where people are coming from when they say that, you know. I don't Using it all. as a way to deny your feminism, when your, your whole life seems to be based on feminist principles, I find confusing and sad. Well, I think it's weird. That's why I was saying. I think it's weird when you deny it with right. that. Like, I think it like, can be inclusive. Feminism? but I think It's all cool now. Yeah, yeah that's I not mean, true. I I'm, I'm, don't want to insult you, but... Um, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> but that it. whole humanism thing is like... You know, sometimes maybe when you were a kid, there was some bull and you're like, you know, I don't like that guy. He did this really mean thing. And they're like, he was he's never been mean to me. I mean, I think humanism is 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 what you think that everybody's valuable. I think everybody has to be treated like they're valuable. Right. But that's why I'm but saying for me, it doesn't discount feminist. I, I would call myself a feminist, but I also call myself a humanist. It's like when people well, I mean, who are, who's you not know, a humanist. I, I well, think a uh, lot of Rick Perry, <laughs> <laughs> not a humanist. Yeah. Rick Santorum, not a humanist. I mean, I, you know, one of the things that I do think is important about feminism is that you both think that, you know, men and women are of equal value, but also that you think that things are not yet set up that way in the world. Right. It's right. A, level a variety field. of different levels. And so you have your eyes open to that. Right. Um, so. And I agree with that. Absolutely. Which is why I was saying, like, I would, I still call myself a feminist, but I think 
I also consider my... I hope for the day when everyone can just call themselves well, a humanist, but how, it, I don't think we live in that world yet. No. I, don't, I, I still don't understand. I mean, do some, I guess some of the people that we spoke to thought that feminism means that you think girls are better. Girls rule and boys drool. I'm well, a that's kind of true. <laughs> but, but that's what it means when Judy says it. Speaking of unabashed feminists, we're going to hear a new song from the Julie Ruin, um, Kathleen Hanna's new, new band. It's called Oh Come On, and it's from the new record Run Fast. that song and i'm so grateful to girly action for arranging it for us to be able to play to play it so anyway speaking of kathleen hannah she's going to be at your 20th anniversary party i think so yeah it's um uh, coming up on july 25th at the bell house and who else is going to be who else is going to be there um performing we have chibomato Mm -hmm. and our hostess is julie klausner Funny, we, yeah, very funny. We have some. We have Harmar Superstar is going to do a couple songs. We have some other funny Aquafina. ladies. Aquafina, Aquafina, Broad City, Broad City, Jesse Klein, Vanessa Bayer. So it's star-studded. Yeah, it's going to be good. And appearances by well, so we we did this, decided to do this thing called the Golden Bra, where we, we give uh, an award to someone who's very very special to us. So um, I guess I'm allowed to say it, right? They, a couple people have agreed to come accept their awards, one of them being the Glorious Dynam. Oh, my God. Nice. Major. You heard of her. And um, Kathleen is going to accept Kathleen one. Hanna. Kathleen Hanna. Uh, who else? Liz Winstead. 
Liz Winstead. Jean Grey. Jean Grey. Amber Tamblyn. Amber Tamblyn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like there's. I'm forgetting someone, but I, probably yeah. me too. But anyway, I think it's going to be a, a great night. Um, and the, and there's Jonathan Tobin's going to do some DJing at oh, the yeah. end. Oh, and JD Sampson is also DJing too. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Jonathan Tobin, who came back from the dead, practically. I know. And can anyone get tickets? Are tickets available yeah, online? Tickets are available uh, at the Bell House. But there's a couple there's different levels cupcakes, of tickets. Of course. Of course. There are. Yes. And there's going to be goodie bags for people who come. I mean, it's going to be a pretty fun thing. It's going to be like Night of a Thousand Ladies. Yeah, too bad, Julie, you're not <laughs> going to be around for it. Yeah. Well, maybe you have to change your plans. What are you doing? Or Kansas that- City. Oh. I'm going to be in a gl- glamorous... I'm. You know what? I think I'm, I might be back by that day. I have to check my schedule again because I'm going to be four days in Kansas City writing about jeans because um, I live the glamorous life. See, there's worse things than cars. <laughs> um, so you guys, you guys really throw great events, and um, you guys do the craftacular. How many times a year? Like twice a year? Gosh, t- uh, three times. Four. Mm-hmm. T- it depends. We some we do them in London now, so oh sometimes God. those happen two times. Uh, we do it three times in the states. We do it in the spring, in the fall, and at holiday time. Right. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's it's just a way to like, I don't know. It's a fun shopping event where a lot of artists come and sell their stuff. So it's all handmade things, uh, cool jewelry, and all kinds of crafty things. It's it's actually really cool for us to even see that that this kind of thing is possible. I mean, it's pretty organic to the magazine for us to be doing a craftacular. It makes sense. We started writing about crafts quite a while ago and um, in 2000 we came out with this homegirls issue in which we kind of came out as um, women who enjoyed like some of the domestic arts cooking and crafting and um, and in that in that magazine we had a story <clears throat> about I don't know if you can handle this but you're probably not going to believe what I'm about are. to tell you <laughs> we like anything that starts that way <laughs> four women they, they make stuff and they sell it online. That's crazy. <laughs> and they, uh, yeah. Uh, it's not wild. That's nuts. Anyway, so back then, that was... That was Pre-Etsy, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so, so it's really great to see that there's been such an explosion in that little, uh, in that handmade type of market. Lots. It's mostly women. I mean, Etsy is made of girls. I know that it's, it's, it's run, it's by, run by boys, but, yeah. and there are, of course, of course, crafty men. There's always crafty men at our craftacular, but really this whole DIY movement, I feel like has really been fueled by girl hands. Definitely. And you know, the craft thing is always great because unlike some other craft thing, craft fairs where you get a whole bunch of tote bags with like, you know, a bird, printed on them or something there's a big variety and i always get ton- like most of my christmas presents there too um what what do you guys have coming up for the next 20 years of bust Ooh, insightful i know question. i know Jeez. i know i didn't even write that one hard down. hitting <laughs> emily maybe i i just want us to keep on trucking like there's no you would think that after doing this like issue after issue after issue you would run out of cool girls doing cool things no. but you just never ever do and it's so awesome that we never will ever run out of cool girls doing cool things to celebrate. Debbie, your interview with Courtney Love in this issue was so good. And I mean, she kind of frightens me a little. <laughs> she seemed like she might have put you off a little, too. Was Am I completely off out of? Um, I'm a huge fan of Courtney. I've been a, a fan of hers for a really long time. And um, it was really, really exciting to interview her. 
But so I had all these questions that I wanted to ask, you know, all these things that I really wanted to get into that I knew she'd have really smart opinions on. But she's like, she's like a railroad train. Like, you just have to get out of the way and let her do her thing. And, you know, she's very open. She's very honest. She's, I think what's so beautiful about her, really, is that she's still like just a punk rock girl. Like, she, even though with all of the fancy clothes and the designer this and stuff like that, she's still like, will, you know, pee with the door open or, you know, <laughs> and I, I like that. I mean, I think that like mainstream people would maybe be offended by that. I think that's crazy, but I, I, I like that she's like real and earthy and girly and, um, I love I love the so part. She's so smart. She really is. The part where you guys went to let her meditate and she was texting <laughs> at the temple. Yeah. Did you get any feedback from her? Was she pissed no, that I, you wrote that or anything? I haven't heard. We okay. haven't heard <laughs> anything. Probably. <laughs> That's a good thing then. I figured I, if she hated it, she would have oh, really yeah. let us know. Oh, but yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Who's your dream get? Who would you like? I mean, you have Janelle Monae in the, the next cover or... Yes. Janelle, um, yes. We've been trying for Dolly Parton for such yeah. a long time. What's up with that? For such a long time. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this, and then it never happens. And for a while, it was Courtney Love. We, I think we were trying for Courtney as long as we were trying for Dolly. And so yeah, we've had a lot of close uh, encounters with Courtney in the past where <laughs> she would be like, okay, yeah, let's do this, and then it was never <laughs> happened. But So that was good. Debbie wants to interview Madonna. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> it would be great. I bet she's really mean, though. I bet. She doesn't have to be nice. That's true. She's, she's done so much. A very I feel like she's nice done so overrated. much for us. Hard I, I working lady. She works hard. Mm-hmm. She does not have time for a lot of nice pleasantries. Yeah. She's busy working. Emily, who would you like? Well, Dolly definitely. I would like to see her on the cover. Um, there's, you know, I want to see. I want Hillary Clinton to be the president, and I want her to do her first like cover as president to be the best cover. Yes, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. I don't see that happening though. Like she's too carefully controlled. Like a girl monitor. can dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about announcing her candidacy on bust? I mean, I know, right? That's what we should try. try to that'd be something. Come on, girl. <laughs> that would guarantee that she would lose the election. <laughs> <laughs> Cause she's a feminazi libtard. Yeah, exactly. That would seal her fate. <laughs> um, okay. So you guys have, the the the, uh, the issue on the sedans now has Courtney Love on the cover. You've got a party coming up. Um, a star star studded star studded, and there's also these exciting VIP tickets. I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> Those are for the extra special people. Special, <laughs> for the extra money club. Right. Want to spend the support bust? How can people best support bust? I know that I used to buy it on the newsstand until I spoke with Debbie and found out the real deal. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about that. No. So, um, <clears throat> well, the economics of magazine publishing is super boring, but. The reason that most magazines can offer subscriptions for less money than what it costs on the newsstand is because when you subscribe, the magazine gets all of that money that you're paying, and we have it in time to use it to pay for printing bills and stuff like that. When you buy a magazine on the newsstand, the newsstand dealer gets a cut of what you're paying. Then there's a distributor who gets the thing to the newsstand. Sometimes there's even another layer of person. The accounting for that takes a really long time, so we don't see that money that you spent I mean, we could be out of business by the time we see that money that you right. spend. We can't. You know, we need yeah, to it like now, and yeah, it's a very small portion. So subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Also, yeah. I would say advertise. Yes. with us. Like, hello, if you have a, sm- a business, a small business, 
and then take out an ad. They're not even expensive. Yeah, right? you'll work and with somebody, a, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, it's just it's tough. You know, people people don't want to spend money, and we need we need subscribers and advertiser to survive. That's just the bottom line. So hopefully, we'll have some still. So we say, don't, don't let us sag. Don't support <laughs> bust. <laughs> yes, it's very important to support bust. You can find it at bust.com. You guys have a, a vibrant um, community there, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I want to thank you guys for coming in and celebrating your 20th anniversary with me and Janet and pizza. Yay, thank <laughs> yeah. you. Nice. Thanks so much, and we'll see you on Thursday. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.